Hey there, I'm so excited to get into today's episode all about trucks, trucking, how do you get your transportation and your items from your warehouse or your storage units or wherever they're stored to the venues itself. So this episode is much needed. We get this question a lot and so I'm excited to dive into today's episode all about trucking and what you should decide for your transportation. Hey there, you're listening to The Render Podcast, a podcast for creatives. I'm Cam, a visionary leader who has failed and thrived through small business leadership. After being in the events industry since 2010 and working with brands such as Nike, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Create and Cultivate, I became wildly passionate about education for small businesses. I teach others how to work with their dream clients, the mistakes I've made along the way. I hope you leave here refreshed, engaged, and ready to take on your company, making the next right decision. I think it's really important that we look at a couple things before we decide which ones to do. And so I have a list of questions that you can find in our show notes. But I also want you to write them down and really answer them for yourself before we start talking about buying or leasing or renting or anything like that. And if we should do a box truck or truck and trailer or whatever we should do. So let's get into it. So the first question is, do you typically deliver your items to loading docks or do you typically go to ground level areas? I know for us in our business back, gosh, probably four or five years ago and previously before then, we were really more often going to areas that were ground level areas to deliver stuff in. So we're going out to some barns to deliver items to, we're going to um, residences, we're going to places where they didn't necessarily have a loading dock. And so that would be my answer back then. Now, more commonly, we go to loading docks. And so in different seasons of your business, it might fluctuate. But um, answering this question first is very, very good. So do you deliver to loading docks more often or do you deliver to ground level areas? The second question is, do you typically need ramps or lifts? Now this is gonna depend on the product that you are delivering. So are you delivering things that are in crates or in boxes? Or are you delivering things that are big and bulky and on maybe lots of wheels and they need to be rolled somewhere? And then a secondary question to that, are the wheels that you're using, are they more narrow or are they bigger? How big are your carts and all of that? And so what that's really going to help us understand is if you get a box truck, are you going to want a lift, meaning it's a powered lift that comes from the very top of that dock and then lowers your pieces down to the ground? Um, for the places that doesn't have loading docks? Or are you able to do one of those pull-out ramps that you can pull out the end and put on the floor? So lots of different ways that we can uh, do lifts and ramps and such, but that's going to be really important to know what you are actually transporting. Another question is, are your items large or are they small? Are they box-shaped or are they um, more abstract-shaped? This is going to help form Um, really the idea of what type of vehicle you need to have and how big it needs to be. And and, uh, going back to that question of do you need a ramp or do you need a lift? So answer that question for yourself. Are your items larger or smaller? Are they in boxes or cubular or are they more abstract looking as well? Another question you need to ask yourself is do you send 
one or two people on deliveries, or do you perhaps send four, five, six, seven, eight people on deliveries? This is going to matter when it comes to trucks and trailers or box trucks and how many seats that you have in your trucks and trailers. And then an extension of that question is how often do you have more than two people go on a delivery? So if you say, well, most of the time I have one or two people go, but there's the ever so often one that happens that I need to send four or five or six people on a delivery instead. Well, that's going to help us inform. Do you need a crew cab? Do you need a single cab? What does that look like for you? And the next question is, is the ease of a truck and trailer or a box truck better for your business? So do you have more breakable items or do you have non-breakable items? Do you have um, items that need to be lower to the ground when transported or higher to the ground when transported? Do you need lots of bounciness maybe on like a gravel road or having the whole thing maybe bouncing um, a little bit less often in a box truck better? Um, this is really going to depend on the fragility of your items and then also how many items you're putting in your in your truck and trailer. You're probably not going to want to put you know a whole crate, a milk crate of uh, salad plates and dinner plates in a trailer and you have 500 of them in there because there's likely going to be a couple breakage in there. You might want to go more with a box truck. Another question is, do you see yourself having a long-term solution, meaning five or more years, or more of a temporary short-term solution, which is anywhere from months to up to five years? So do you feel like you are going to expand your business a ton in the next few years, or do you feel like you're going to be pretty steady? over the next five, six, seven years. So that's really going to depend on where you're at in business currently and then where you project yourself going with your business. And now that we're in 2022 with the crazy state of events, you may be already feeling it or you may be about to feel the busyness that we're going to have this year and next year and years to follow. And so understanding where you want to go with your business in the next couple of years is really going to be important when you decide whether you want to buy or lease or rent or anything like that. And the last question that you need to ask yourself is where do you or do you have ability to store this vehicle? And where is that? So here in Dallas, Texas, I've got a big parking lot next to my building that has a gate on it so I can park my stuff there. But before I was at this building, I was in a building up in Carrollton, Texas, and I had to store my bigger vehicles offsite at actually an RV storage location. And so we had to plan into our deliveries time to go pick up the truck and trailer and then bring it back to the place. And so that's going to have some sort of an effect on what size and how big and all the details on whether you rent or lease. There are places in busier cities, such as LA, New York, places like that, where there really is not a lot of storage. And if there is, it's super expensive. And so then you have to outweigh the cost of does it make sense for me to rent when needed if I'm not super, super busy every single week? Or can I do a long-term lease and store it somewhere else? Or do I even have a place to store it? So those are going to be additional questions that you have to ask yourself as we get into these. Okay, so what are our differences on what to buy or lease or rent? So the most common are going to be a pickup truck, like a F-150 or F-250 or something like that with a trailer, and that can either be an open bed trailer or a closed trailer. I would say for rental companies, it's more often that you have a closed trailer because there's gonna be certain circumstances that it's gonna be raining, 
or you have product that can't um, adhere to the weather around. There's rental companies like um, pop-up tents or there's rental companies like bounce houses or things like that. But it really doesn't matter if it gets wet or not um, because you're going to wipe it down when it gets on site anyways. And so that makes sense for an open bed trailer. But places that rent furniture like we do or um, tableware or linens, that's going to make sense to do more of a closed trailer versus the open trailer. And then when we talk about box trucks, that's going to be a whole nother section as well. And so we're going to talk about the differences between those two. Okay, so the very first thing that we're going to talk about, because this is what I did when I first started, was I bought a truck and a trailer. I actually used my personal truck. I used to own a blue F-150 that had a crew cab. So it was like the half door crew cab and it was fully manual everything. I mean, like I literally had to go over to the other passenger seat to unlock the door by pulling on the handle. And then I had the crank windows for those who are younger and never have seen a crank window. It's where you literally have a knob on your door and you have to wind it to get your window down. Goodness, that was a beater of a truck. It looked like it maybe probably belonged in a junkyard, to be completely honest. But that's what I had at the time, and that's what I started my business on, was my blue F-150 truck. That's what I had. And so I had my truck, and then I decided to buy a tra a trailer, and it was a 12-foot trailer that was white. It was a Wells Cargo trailer. We've typically gone with Wells Cargo. Um, it's a good brand of a trailer. There's quite a few brands out there. I don't have time to go through all the brands, but Wells Cargo just really stood the test of time for us. It was a little bit more on the, um, not the most expensive trailer that we could have gotten, but it was a little pricier than certain other ones, but we paid for it um, knowing that we were going to get more longevity out of it than saving money on the front end and maybe having some issues with it later down along the road. And so we had the 12 foot white trailer that had a ramp for the door. So the very back of it um, went down and it became a ramp. And so that was really smart for us to do at the time. This is a really great solution if you have the funds to do it, to buy a truck and trailer. And it's also great if you have a place to store it easily. And you don't mind backing up a trailer. Man, I have had my fair share of backing up trailers. But knowing how to back up a trailer is very different than just backing up your car or backing up a box truck. And so having the skill set or at least learning the skill set of backing up a trailer is really important. This is also really a great solution for buying a pickup truck or having a pickup truck if you seldom need to take some short trips around town to either run errands or deliver small items. Having a big box truck to run errands, especially if you're in a big city, can be a little bit more difficult in parking certain areas. And so if you have a pickup truck, it's just a lot easier to do that. And this is a really great solution for more ground level deliveries that you do more often. If you randomly will go to a box truck or go to a place that needs a loading dock, then you can get away with it. But if you're more often going to loading docks, it makes more sense to get a box truck. If you're more opt to be going to ground level places, then it makes more sense to get a truck and trailer. So that's why that first question was really important. This is great to have a ramp on. So there are some trailers that instead of the ramp that comes down from the back of the trailer, it's two doors that open up. And that's a little bit harder for companies that have wheels or need to um, unload things onto wheels. It can be a good solution. 
But if you need to wheel things, it can be just a little bit more difficult because you manually have to drop it down to the ground. So that's something to keep in mind. All right, let's talk about buying a box truck. So this is a great long-term solution, again, if you are have the funds. So buying versus renting and leasing. Buying is great for long-term. So if you feel like you're going to have this item or this uh, vehicle for a long time, it's great to buy those things. But if you think you're only going to have it for a few months, then there's no point in buying something. Box trucks is also good if you have the place to store it. Um, if you have a 24-foot box truck, well, that doesn't fit in a normal parking spot. And so you have to figure out another solution for that if you don't already have one. When I had the 12-foot trailer, I ended up going with the 12-foot trailer versus an 18 or 24-foot trailer because I could actually park it in a parking spot instead of having to go store it somewhere else. This is also for buying a box truck. It's great for loading docks. So if you're going to loading docks more often than you're going to ground level locations, then that's an even better solution than doing a, a truck and trailer. It's also great for ramps and lifts. So there's two differences between a box truck and the kind of end that you have on it. You can either do the pull-out ramp, which stores directly under the bed of your box truck, and you just literally pull it out and place it on the ground and it goes at an angle. Or you have the option to do a lift, which folds up underneath the box truck when you're driving. And then you typically will have either... Um, a manual option to pull it out, or there's a switch that you can automatically, hydraulically get it out and ready to use. And so those are two different options. When you buy a box truck and when you buy a pickup truck, not necessarily the trailer part of it, but when you buy a box truck or a pickup truck, it's really important to know the history of maintenance and how old and how many miles are on those. Because the more miles that you have, especially on a box truck, the more maintenance and more issues you're going to run into. And so if you're buying a box truck that has over 100,000 miles on it and it hasn't been well maintained and you know that you're going to be using it quite often and it costs you 20 grand for a box truck, well, what is the cost of maintaining that? If you're going to pay 20,000 for a box truck and then have to put tens of thousands of dollars into it to maintain it and keep it up, then it doesn't make sense to buy something for $20,000. I'd rather you go find a box truck that is maybe 20 or 30,000 miles and it's maybe more like 30 or 40,000 dollars because you're going to have less maintenance that you're going to have to do to it especially if it's been well kept with the maintenance already. All right so that's when we come to buying. Now let's talk about renting versus leasing. So this is great short-term solutions. Renting is more of a temporary solution whereas leasing is a great long or short-term solution depending on how long we're talking. So renting box truck is great for the interim. So um, if you have a box truck or if you have a truck and trailer and you have more than one delivery that weekend that you need another truck for, renting something is a great option versus going out and buying something else again. Now, if it becomes more often where you have two different shifts at the same time most of the year, then it would make sense to go buy another or long-term lease another box truck or trailer. So that's when it makes sense. Or if you need to have maybe a 12 foot or a 14 or 15 or 16 foot truck and trailer or box truck, but then you also have more commonly a bigger order where you need a 24 or 26 foot box truck or trailer, then it makes sense to get two that are different sizes because it will make up for it in the long run versus going and renting it very often. I would say when you get to the threshold of renting a box truck or renting a trailer, 
more than let's say three or four or even five or six times a month on a regular basis, not just in your busy season, but really on a regular basis, then it makes sense to go buy or long-term lease another one versus having to spend all that money on going and renting something for the weekend. Back in October and September of 2021, we were ramping back up into the really, really busy season. And we were spending four, five, six, seven thousand dollars on renting a box truck every weekend. You know, like this is ridiculous. We're spending all this money. Well, now we can lease a box truck and spend fifteen hundred dollars on that per month versus seven or eight thousand dollars on renting something. So that's when it makes sense to go and lease something or buy something versus renting all the time. You're just wasting money, you're throwing money out the window at that point. But it needs to be a regular basis. It can't just be, you know, for us, our busy season is September, October, November, and then it's March, May, March, April, and May. Well, if I'm only super, super busy in those months, and it's maybe costing me three or $4,000 each of those months versus going and renting or leasing something all year round and spending more, you really just need to take pulse on how often are you renting and when is the right move to move to going to a lease. I would say as soon as you are hitting that threshold of whatever it costs you to lease or buy something, it makes sense to go do that. Now, it can get very, very expensive while you learn this. However, it's going to help you save in the long term because instead of preemptively going out and buying or leasing something long term and then becoming a dud and it's never used, then that's just a waste of money. And so you just have to understand and help project and understand what the history looks like when you're determining whether you're buying, renting, or leasing something. Now, leasing a truck is a really great long-term solution as well. Kind of a longer short-term and then long, long-term long uh, solution. If you plan to have this box truck for years and years and years and years and years and years to come, then it makes sense to go buy that. For low miles, also, you don't want to go buy something that has hundreds of thousands of miles on it, and then you have to pay for the maintenance. And so there, it's this fine balance between do I rent? Do I lease? Do I buy? And there's lots of determination that needs to happen between all that. And so hopefully these questions kind of help you understand that. Now, the things that you need to look at, whether you get a box truck or a trailer, is some of the features that go along with these. So for a rental company, it's going to be really, really important that you get what is called e-tracks inside of your trucks and trailers. What an e-track is, is a track, it's a metal track that goes inside the uh, trailer or the truck and it allows you to hook onto it with your bungee straps or your ratchet straps. And so it's really important to have those. There's also these um, attachments to the e-tracks called D-rings or O-rings and these are rings that clip into the e-track and then it creates a ring for you to easily put your ratchet or your bungee around to strap it to the other side. It's not necessary. You can still put your your straps into the e-track itself, but it's going to be a little bit easier if you can have these rings that you put in it. You also might consider having some additional hooks and rings either on the floorboard of the inside of the truck or on the ceiling or in certain areas. And so really understanding how often you are using certain items and where they are laid and placed inside your truck, it's going to be really important to determine how um, far up the wall you need them and how many tracks you need in there. We typically do three tracks in our 
rental trucks or rental or lease or buy buying trucks. And the reason for that is we'll put one at the very bottom or anywhere from six inches and under on the wall to have anything that's lower or like legs to a, a sofa, we'll hook from down there. And then we'll put one up about two or three feet above the floor. And then we'll have something about five or six feet above the floor as well for anything that's taller and bigger. And so that's just where we put our e-tracks and put them on both sides of the wall. And then anything that is really ground level, you're going to want maybe a second door on the side versus just the back so that you can access anything um, in there. And so those are some really good tips. If you are doing a trailer, you will want to make sure you have the right ball hitch for your truck. And um, there's a story one time actually that my parents borrowed my trailer and they were taking my brother out to Texas Tech in Lubbock to go drop him off at college. And what they had done is they took the trailer and they put it on their car and they had a two inch ball when they went out there. And because the trailer was super heavy with all their furniture, they were able to make it out to Lubbock, no problem. But as soon as they unloaded that trailer and it became loose or became um, lighter weight, and they were sitting at a stoplight and decided to make a big turn to go onto another street. And that trailer popped off and started going out and not, not on the truck. <laughs> it should have been on the truck. It was not on the truck. And the reason for that is because what was needed was a ball that was two inches and five sixteenths but they only had a two inch ball. And so understanding what goes with your trailer is very, very important so that you don't have that mistake happen because thankfully no one got hurt. Thankfully all the cars were fine and it was no big deal, but the trailer did have a little bit of damage, unfortunately. And we could fix it and it's not a big problem, but understanding what ball goes to that is really important. Don't make the same mistake. And then um, in part two, that story is also having what's called an emergency brake on the trailer and making sure that is always connected to the car. The reason why it didn't hurt anyone or any other cars is because they had that emergency brake on it, which is really just um, really a carabiner that is attached to this kind of emergency plug. And so you attach that to your car. And so if your trailer unhitches and goes flying, it pulls that plug and it immediately puts on brakes for you so that it doesn't go running into light poles or running into anything that could get in its way. So that's really important because those chains that you put on your hitch or on the area around your hitch might not actually hold your trailer. And I know that because another situation had happened and the uh, chains had broken and they, they were like sparking on the floor and or on the ground and it was not a great situation. So all that to say, I've had my plenty of mistakes with trucks and trailers and box trucks, but make sure you have as much safety procedures put into these trucks and things that you're renting as often as possible. Because if you don't have it and something happens, you could be liable for a lot of damage. Um, so make sure you do that and have enough hooks and things on the walls and in the uh, truck or trailer is possible because you never know when you're going to need to use that. Something that we are allowing you to have because of this episode is our handy dandy toolkit. This is a list of things that's in our toolkit that we take on every delivery. And it's really important that you have this with you on every delivery, whether you have a trucker or a trailer, because it will help you on site, help you with your truck. And it's really important to have. So click on the link in our show notes so that you can grab that and start utilizing it in your own business. 
I hope this has been a helpful episode for you all about buying, leasing, or renting box trucks or trucks and trailers. Have a great day, guys. We'll talk to you later.